Good Friday is all about Jesus going to the cross. And I want to, for a, a small moment of time, talk about the idea that, that Jesus is who he said he was. And if Jesus is who he said he was, then we need to take that very, very seriously. So for the, the, the chief priests, we're going to read the, the, a big section of scripture, so bear with me. Um, but I believe, I, I just felt it was important that we all just read through the story together and um, really see what is, is going on. But the chief priests and the religious leaders had no, like what, like, they had no intention to really know who Jesus was. And many people paint a picture about who Jesus is based on one thing that they've heard. Maybe, maybe there's a, a pastor somewhere that, that did something that, you know, said, well, how can, or like a political leader who claims to know God, who claims to follow Jesus, or whoever, you know, and uh, maybe they fire people all the time. Don't, don't read into that. Um, <laughs> hair looks fake. Um, but people know who Jesus is based on other people who say they follow Jesus. And I think that the best way to, to get to know somebody is to actually go to the source and watch their life. Like if you're trying to get to know someone, even if watching at a distance, you can tell who they are through their patterns and consistent actions. If someone's a nice person, you'll always uh, see them encouraging others. If, if someone is creative, you'll see them using those skills and gifts in a variety of ways over and over. You begin to see their passions, their heart, their values because of who they are, not because of a simple thing they said that you disagreed with. The chief priests and religious leaders saw one thing they didn't like about Jesus, and they plotted to kill him for it. And we're going to learn about what that was. A.W. Tozer says, The cross stands high above the opinions of men, and to that cross all opinions must come at last for judgment. All right, this isn't, uh, not everybody goes to heaven, okay? I'm just going to lay that ground right there, all right? You go to heaven based on your commitment to Jesus, all right? It's not, it's, it's not just, okay, well, I'll live how I want. Paul says in Romans 6, shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? No, it's, it's our commitment in our life dedicated in our heart and our very soul dedicated to Jesus Christ, the one who makes us right, the one who forgives us. So let's, uh, let's read the, the scriptures together. Uh, we're going to read in Matthew 27. I will be reading from the uh, ESV because that's the Bible I downloaded, okay? So if you want to join with me, we're going to start at Matthew 27. Uh, so this is where Jesus is delivered to Pilate. It should be on the screen in big, as big as I could get at letters without having 100 slides. So let's read through it. All right. I got to go to the right verse. I wasn't on the right verse. Wow. Verse, oh, verse 15. There we go. Okay. I know what I'm doing. I promise. All right. So now uh, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release. Okay. We're in the right version. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, now at the feast, the governor, this is the, the Passover feast, uh, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. 
they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Um, so, fun fact, Barabbas means son of the father, but another, a common name, if you didn't know it, a common name back then was, all, was Jesus. So he was, uh, his first name, I guess you could say, he was also known as Jesus. It would be Jesus Barabbas. Um, so there was two Jesuses up here, all right? Uh, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask Barabbas and to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is, called the, who is called Christ? They said, let him be crucified. And said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, uh, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all, that, and all the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion, which would have been about 200 men, uh, before him. And they, stripped him of, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. As they went out, they found a man of, uh, of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Gol Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Th then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. You are the son of God. Come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let, him, let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. 
And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs uh, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were them kept keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, you are truly the son of God. You are the Messiah. Lord, you claim equality with God. Jesus, you are God. And so we thank you, Jesus, that we can reflect on the story of the cross today and what it means for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so Jesus, and here's, here's the, the problem with Jesus. Here's the problem that everybody had with Jesus is that he was committing this thing called blasphemy. And so they put Jesus up there with Barabbas. Now it was a custom on the Passover for a prisoner to be set free. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask Barabbas to be released, who was also named Jesus. They all yelled, crucify him. So Barabbas, he was part of an insurrection against Rome. He was a murderer, he was a robber, and he was a notorious criminal. So naturally, of course, people would want to set him free, right? You set the murderer free, that makes logical sense. But they were so committed on getting rid of Jesus, they said, we'll take the guy who, committed an in, who joined an insurrection against Rome. Because they knew that the other person up there would be crucified. And so we have these chief priests who have essentially abandoned and broken multiple commandments at this point. They've lied. They've kind of committed murder. They've done all sorts of other things, right? So you can probably, like, look at the, their life and realize that over the course of the Gospels, you'll see them break these things multiple times. So they released Barabbas over Jesus. And Pilate, who knew the right thing, he had talked to Jesus and said, listen, you seem like a good guy. There is no reason for me to not set you free. But he was in a bit of trouble with Caesar, and he was this bloodthirsty guy. And Caesar was like, listen, you need to hold up, okay? You're getting ahead of yourself. You need to earn favor with these people. And if, if he didn't listen to them, if he didn't um, play the political game, if you will, he could lose his job or probably die, and so he said, well, I'm going to wash my hands of this, and I am going to just release it, release Jesus to them. You can do what you want. He knew Jesus was an innocent man, and even his wife came and said, she had been haunted in a dream. Do not harm this man. Not like simply washing his hands would get rid of the guilt anyways. He ultimately decided that he would put Jesus' life in the hands of the Jews who wanted to crucify him. To the chief priests and the elders, Jesus was guilty of blasphemy. All right, so Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. And I found it interesting when studying is that when he said, oh, he's calling Elijah. In Malachi, I believe it's Malachi 4, 5, 
or something like that, 4.15. There's a 4 and a 5 in there somewhere. All right? So they, one of the, the signs of the Messiah coming back was Elijah would come back. So if you read about the story of Elijah, he was taken up into heaven. Like, dude didn't die. He was just like, it's, it's a crazy story. Like, he was just taken up into heaven. Um, and I believe that, like, you start reading about that in the book of the last chapter of 1 Kings, 1st chapter of 2 Kings. And so they thought that one of the signs of the Messiah coming back would be when Elijah comes back to us. And so many Jews to this day during Passover, they, ha- they have an empty cup or an empty seat in hopes of the return of Elijah. I thought that was a kind of a, a fun fact. But they thought because Elijah hadn't come back, we have this guy claiming to be the Messiah. How can he claim to be the Messiah if we haven't seen Elijah? But that's what Jesus did. In Luke twenty-two sixty-seven to 71, it says this. I think we have a slide for that one. Um, you pull it up. I'll read it off the screen. It says, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. If I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Seating on the right hand is a very serious thing. So they all said, are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, you say that I am. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. John 8, 54 to 58 says something even greater. And he says, Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say. He is our God. So you have God glorifying Jesus, not the other way around. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced uh, that he would see my day. This is a very crazy verse. It says he saw it and was glad. Jesus is claiming that he's seen Abraham, who died like a long time ago. This is essentially saying that Jesus was around in the time of Abraham. And when you think about it, you think about the, the Trinity and God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus, and all of them kind of working cohesively together through the creation and, and the time of the earth, right? Jesus was there at the beginning. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Does anybody know like the, the two key words at the end of that? I am. And they would know in Exodus 3 about the burning bush where Moses was being called to deliver the Israelites and go back and say, tell them I am has sent you. It's, it kind of gives me goosebumps to think about that maybe Jesus was there back then. It's crazy to think about. And then John 10.30 says the most obvious blasphemic state. Blasphemic? Is that a word? Sarah would tell me if it's a word. Bla- bl- blasphemic? Is, no? Blasphemous? This is a statement of blasphemy, according to the chief priest. <laughs> I and the Father are one. A commentary says this. This is, this verse, this 
phrase by Jesus is the clearest statement of Jesus' divinity he ever made. Jesus and his Father are not the same person, but they are one in essence and nature. This Jesus is not merely a good teacher. He is God. His claim to be God was unmistakable. The religious leaders wanted to kill him because their laws said that anyone claiming to be God should die. Nothing could persuade them that Jesus' claim was true. So through Jesus' entire ministry, he has these religious leaders plotting against him. And if you read the Gospels, you can see how angry these people are. But this is their chance. They have Jesus and they have Barabbas. And so Jesus, if you backtrack a little bit, Jesus gets sold out by Judas. What a great friend. Gets whipped and beaten very brutally. And uh, if this wasn't a family service, I'd probably go a little deeper. But part of the reason that Jesus only survived about six hours, six hours is a very short time to survive on the cross. But because his beating was so brutal, people were, the soldiers were actually surprised about how short his time on the cross was before he gave up his life. The Jewish, re- the Jewish religious leaders were given uh, little bits of authority to make arrests on minor infractions and figured Jesus' teaching on the Messiah as well as, the ki- uh, as well as claiming to be king of the Jews was enough to get him crucified. Pilate didn't find any fault in him, but again, to keep his job, uh, hands him over to be crucified. The people chose Barabbas over Jesus. Jesus went to the cross because he knew who he was and what he had to do. He knew he had to die for our sins. And so Barabbas was set free. He didn't deserve his freedom according to the law. But Jesus went to the cross as an innocent man in the place of Barabbas, even though Barabbas was rightly deserving of the punishment. Do you see the correlation here, right? We're like Barabbas in the sense that maybe we're obviously not as intense as him. Okay, I hope not. If you are, well, I'm not going to say anything. So, yeah, I'm going to hold my tongue. But there's this guy who, in kingdom principles, much like us, is sinning. It's, it's, he's dead to in his sin. He's living a life that doesn't glorify God. He doesn't, you know, if, if he's murdering people and, and, and he's doing all these things, then he's obviously not living a life that God has called him to live in any way, though he be a Jew. Um, Yet Jesus decides to give up his life for him, much like he has done for you and me. Jesus took Barabbas' punishment so he could be set free. This is what Jesus does for us on the cross. We are all deserving of God's punishment. God is a just God. And by Jesus going to the cross, he takes the punishment that would have normally put us in the grave, that normally would have had us live a life separate for eternity. There are a lot of correlations here. Everything Jesus did was for our freedom. Everything. Someone who was lying would, would definitely come and like come clean and say, okay, okay. 
I get it. You've beaten me enough, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right? This is why, like, our main point is this. Jesus is who he said he was. No sane person would go through this torture and this process because they were pretending. All right? This is too much. He didn't just stop and say, all right, just kidding. All right, we're, we're good. All right, yeah, I committed blasphemy. He's like, no, he believed this. Yet Jesus kept going through every lashing, through every moment of mockery. Not once did Jesus sit back and say, maybe I should stop. Jesus knew his role as Messiah. If Jesus really was the Messiah, then eternity is left in the balance for each and every one of us. The question that we need to think about today, with eternity in mind, is this. What am I going to do about Jesus? Pilate asked this question, what do you want me to do with the king of the Jews? What do you want me to do about Jesus? And we all, we all have a responsibility. What are we going to do about Jesus? So after Pilate sends Jesus away, they bring the entire regiment, about 200 soldiers, and they beat him and they mock him. They give him a cross beam and they make him walk up to Golgotha, where they crucified criminals to make an example of them. It was there that Jesus was nailed to the cross with a sign that hung over his head. This is Jesus, king of the Jews, while soldiers gambled away his torn clothes below the cross. As Jesus hangs there, people continue to mock him. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And soon after releases his spirit. Then, it's then that the curtains are torn, the earth quakes, the rocks split open, and the soldiers said, truly, this was the Son of God. It took Jesus dying on the cross for some of them to realize that he was who he said he was. I'm going to invite our worship team back. Jesus is the Messiah. He is our Savior. He is the only way to heaven. All right? The only way. There is, you can't get to heaven by being a good person. You get to heaven through Jesus. So this begs another question. Who was Jesus? He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was the light of the world. He was the bread of life, the true vine. He was I. He is I am. He is Lord. He is Redeemer. He is King of the Jews. He said things like, no one can come to the Father except through me. We read about he claimed equality with God. We read and said, the Father and I are one. There's so many other claims that Jesus makes about himself. You know, he went to the cross for our shame, for our guilt. He bore our shame and bore our guilt. Can you imagine what it was like walking up to the cross? I mean, just like, just picture that for a second. Don't let this just pass and just be another regular Easter service. Because there was a real person, a real Jesus, who went through torture and pain to take our shame and our guilt and our sin away. And it's by his death on the cross that we can be made right with God. We are justified. It is through Jesus and only Jesus that we can spend eternity with God. Some quick food for thought here, if we ever think about Jesus. If somebody ever says, well, Jesus didn't exist, tell them they're wrong, okay? Not just because the Bible says, but because we have actual uh, 
historical reason to believe that Jesus existed. Out, and these are sources outside of the Bible. All right? In 52 AD, there was this guy named Thallus. And I'm gonna, I, I have a resource for you, actually. It's, uh, there's this book called Cold Case Christianity. And it gives us all these different resources that point to Jesus. All the, so all of these people I'm about to list right now have written about events that happened around the time that Jesus died and after. The result of the death of Jesus. Some of them talk about um, what actually happened on the day when Jesus gave up his spirit. They talk about how something happened the second that happened, whether the, the, um, everything got dark or the earth quaked. And they try to make reason. Some of them aren't Christians, but they try to make reason for those things happening. But realistically, there's over, uh, there's about seven or eight on here that claim that Jesus was a real person. And I'm going to butcher some names here, so bear with me. Don't correct me afterwards. If you know, you know. Good for you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tacitus, uh, which was 56 AD uh, to 120. Mara Bar uh, Serapion, uh, 70 AD. Uh, Flagin, which was 80 to 140. Uh, Pliny the Younger, 61 to 113 AD. Uh, Suetonius, which was 69 to 140 AD. Lucian, uh, which was 115 to 200. Celsus, which was 175 AD. And Josephus, which a lot of people know, uh, was 37 to 101 AD. And all these people wrote about the events of Jesus during his life and after. They talk about how this group of, of people dedicated their lives to worshiping Jesus as if he was a God. So consider this. Jesus, a real man, claimed to be God. His life was confirmed by thousands in the Bible and some outside the Bible. This Jesus saw your shame, your guilt, and made a way for you to live in freedom with him. So our choice is what do we do with him? First, we recognize, yes, Jesus is who he said he was. Everything about Jesus is true. All right, if you're going to pursue Jesus, you have to start reading the scriptures and saying, who did Jesus say he was? Not who did this other book, all right? You can read other books, and other books are great, all right? But there's somebody's opinion about what the scriptures say. Go to the scriptures and study them effectively for yourself. That's why we, we have these uh, freedom journals all right at the back. You can pick one up. They're only $20. So if you want one, they, they will help you walk through a proper form of Bible study, okay? And when you get in the Word on a daily basis, you'll start to see things open up, all right? We have to move beyond just reading someone else's opinion and go right to the source, all right? So he has called us to accept him for who he is because he is who he said he was. And so we can either run to him or run from him, but just know this, just because you run from him and try to write him off doesn't make him any less real. He loves you, and he still sees you, and his arms will always be open to you because he died on a cross so you could be free. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for the work that you've done on the cross. Lord, we thank you, God, that you came to us 2,000 years ago. Lord, the pain that, that you went through, the shame that you took, the guilt that you bore for us. 
Lord, we can't even begin to fathom. And so, Lord, we exalt you today on Good Friday, and we thank you. But, Lord, we also thank you that Sunday is coming and you rose from the dead. God, you didn't just stay in that tomb. Three days later, you rose from the dead. Why? Because you, you are who you say that you are. Lord, you are a miracle-working God. You are our Messiah. Lord, you are our King. You are our soon-coming King. Lord, we glorify you and we exalt you. We love you, Lord. We give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just stand. We're just going to sing one more time. And uh, so we're going to sing Living Hope, I believe. Yeah? All right. All right. Kids, you've been awesome, by the way. You guys rock. Yes. Also, parents and patients. All right. That should be a book. All right. <laughs>